You're listening to the Legendarium Blue Team. You have chosen wisely. Please go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. You yeah. Wanna, yeah, I was going to say, you want to go create plant animals? I, I don't want to rule it out. <laughs> I want to create animals that turn into plants. That would, oh, that would be go. my... Oh, there we go. That's, I'm turning the wheel on its end. On okay. its ear. Okay. Megan's found herself a new job. <laughs> Take that, unemployment. Just kidding, don't. I want your money. <laughs> Welcome to the Legendarium. We are the Blue Team, and we are going to be taking you through this uh, slightly frightening, a little bit freaked out, and not too terribly scary episode uh, detailing a couple of Goosebumps books. I think, I think we are. I have are, a feeling they were scarier when I was younger, <laughs> or would have been. Scarier. Would have been scarier when I was younger. Yeah. Um, we are on episode two hundred and. Are we on 202? We are 202. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, if you're joining us on, and we've, we've kept you around this long, hang on to your hats. we got another 200 episodes to go. We'll get to 400 and we'll have a blast. A uh, little bit of housekeeping before we get going. Oh, you know what? No. First, first, no. let's make sure we introduce our panel. Let's do it. You may already know us, but, you know, and I have tried so hard to come up with insults. I'm just not an insulting guy. I mean, I I don't know. So not like Craig, he's so very insulting. I'm going to try. I'm going to. I'm. I guess what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to resort to to some kind of compliments that are connected to what we're oh, doing. Okay. So so let's see how this goes. Okay. Um, she's such a ray of sunshine. She could easily collapse the undead around her with just her smile and sparkling personality. Oh. It's Megan Smy. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Right. Oh, we right. got a thumbs down from Craig on that one. And he's the punchinest guy I know, so if I'm ever copied by a plant, I want him swinging the axe. It's Ken That's Johnson. Right. And he's <laughs> forever on blue team, babe. We, <laughs> well, that, you sound almost just um, like a... That came out a really uh, old deal. Before we started recording, we we got into a little Neil Diamond cover band action, I, and I really kind of like so, it. I think actually. so. We gotta <laughs> we gotta run with that. Yeah, we'll we'll probably no. Let's not. Um, <laughs> Never again. But let's do. But let's <laughs> not. A uh, little bit of housekeeping for those of you who are joining us new and you haven't heard this before. This will be really interesting for those of you who know about it. You can forward by thirty seconds. Punch uh, Patreon.com. Punchin.com. Punchin.com. We need to put that. Uh, no, don't do that. I'm, I'm sure somebody's ser- already got I'm it. I'm already searching. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Legendarium. If you want to go and support the show, you can also find us on legendarium.reddit.com. If you want to engage with us on there, we'll try and do the best we can. Ken does a little bit better. Megan does a little bit better. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, it's it's hard. Sometimes I get on and sometimes I'm not able to. Uh, and that comes from the result that, you know, just life is why, life, is life right? Um, if you want to find us, you can uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, or excuse me, on email at uh, Todd, Megan, or Ken at thelegendariumpodcast.com. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter. Are you not on Twitter yet? Nope. So I'm on Twitter, but uh, if you're going to find me, you have to find me under at Sleepy577. <laughs> um, that's probably the last time I'm going to give it out here. I probably have to create a new one for the Legendarium so that I can do that. I am um, on the Twitter, but not active. You, on the, I mean, I'm on there every day, but I mostly just kind of watch what other people are doing. I don't actually say much myself. So I try and do some stuff, but I would love to have I would love to have some of you engage with me on Twitter. So feel free. 
Uh, just make sure that if you're gonna if you're gonna come in on Twitter uh, uh, about the Legendarium, make sure that uh, that something early in the post says Legendarium podcast, so that or hashtag Legendarium. I don't know if we've got a hashtag already established for ourselves, uh, but uh, but give me some kind of an that. indication if you're doing that on Twitter because I do follow quite a bit of stuff. But I'd love to I'd love to engage and interact a little bit more on Twitter. Love it. Um, so today, hey, by the by the way, oh yeah, go ahead. Punchin.net is the actual, it's the Punchin International News Syndicate. They focus on restaurants, travel style, wine, entertainment, and luxury business news. How is that Punchin? I don't, I don't know, but how random is that? <laughs> there is a Punchin.net. Don't go to well, Punchin.net. Well, now I feel like I need to create like a <laughs> fine dining .net that is all about, um, it's all about fantasy WWE and, and oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> And, I don't know. and about all of the fight and scenes and all of the legendary. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And skeet shooting? I don't know. I picked something out of the air. Wow, skeet shooting. Maybe we need to go do some skeet shooting. Um, to, so anyway. That, today, I am, I am now putting all of my notes aside, uh, at least for the moment. We'll see if I pull my, uh, pull my books out in just a little bit. But today we're going to be going through two Goosebumps books. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Dead House. Welcome to Dead House. Yes. And, and stay out of the basement. Yes. Had um, any of us read any Goosebumps books before this week? These were the first two Goosebumps books I had ever read. Ditto. And me as well. So the okay. three of us as as 40-something adults or nearly 40-something adults. Or 20-something adults in Megan's case. I will not share my age. <laughs> She's right now. She's staring at me like, don't you dare. Um, <laughs> that's exactly the look. Um, yeah. As as 20 something <laughs> adults, let's let's go with let's go with adults old enough to understand that these are no longer quite as scary as they might have been back in our teens. But I have to be honest, I I don't generally enjoy the horror genre. So for me, it has to either be like really intelligent, like Stranger Things or World War Z, which I would love to read sometime if anybody wants to read that with me. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good book. It's one of my favorites. Uh, or like, or like, there was this, which was just very mild horror, where it was in there, and I was like, okay, all right, I'm not so scared that I can't go to sleep at night. I do sleep with a bat next to my bed, though, just in case. As you should, I'm proud I know. of you. As everybody Thank should. You. I sleep with a. I'm not going to tell you what I sleep with. Um, <laughs> we'll just leave that alone. I I'll sleep ask with, Christy later. I. She'll know. He sleeps um, with one eye open, <laughs> gripping his pillow tight. Creepy. Sometimes. Um, I, and so all of us were approaching these brand new. This yeah. is this is um, kind of uncharted territory for us. We we did this uh, as a as a suggestion, as an encouragement. Um, and and what would you say? Would you say that you enjoyed the process? Was it worth your time? Oh, they're fun. Yeah, I I enjoyed them. They clearly were not written for me, but that doesn't mean I couldn't derive some enjoyment from them. They were very fast reads, which was nice. Yeah. They were not. It's a nice change. I, I picked. I, I just picked them up from the library because I wasn't going to spend money on them. I'm a little bit weird like that. That's funny because I couldn't get them at the library. Maybe like I went I'd to three different branches and it uh, could be Maybe, rude. I don't know. But they said they were 120 pages each, but each page has like three paragraphs on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I got both of them uh, and I read them both in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Um, one of them I listened to about half of it and then I read the other half and the other one I just, I just kind of burned through. Um, so they were, you know, they're certainly approachable. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the Goosebumps series, if you didn't read these with us and you, and you want to, I mean, obviously we're going to give these the full, uh, the full legendarium treatment. So understand there are going to be spoilers, uh, but these books are, 
are not uh, they're not as long as some of the other ones that we've read between the two of them. Right. I don't think they were they they required as much brain power as we've put into some of our other things, and no, that's no, because no. they were designed for youth readers. Yes. Um, they were published under the Scholastic uh, book heading or the Scholastic publishing label, and Scholastic publishing typically uh, gears their the the books that they publish for readers in ages from uh, well from Five to, from from uh, kindergarten through twelfth grade, they're yes. not. Uh, they're they're originally, if I remember correctly, Scholastic did all of the book clubs, the book fairs that they would give the. the Do you remember getting those? The, the I love that. The, the, the flyers, the, the, the tissue paper, paper thing. Oh yeah, I love those. Yeah. Man. I never ever ordered them. I could never talk my parents into them, but I loved wish listing, you know, and, and just yeah. window oh. shopping on them. I I'm sorry that you didn't get that because I got I. That was one of the things that my parents would absolutely let me do. And so I would always get one book from all of those. I did end up once buying, and this is going to date me. I don't care. I bought some Garbage Pail Kids stickers <laughs> from that one year. Garbage Pail Kids. What a yeah. nasty so salute to the Cabbage Patch Kids, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I those things. So these books clearly were designed for a reader in age somewhere between 10 and 14, mm-hmm. I would guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and from that standpoint, let's, maybe a little, maybe a little younger, eh, 10 is probably right in the wheelhouse though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think if you've been, if you've been reading chapter books for any period of time, um, you might've started a, a book like this. So you somewhere between eight and 10, and it probably would have kept your attention right up until about 14, which kind of falls. It's about, it's about perfect for what the books are written. The books are written from the perspective of, uh, preteen or early teen, uh, protagonists. I think that mm-hmm. the uh, the the main protagonist in both of these was twelve. So yeah, that, I thought that was interesting. It's about I, what it feels. I kind of want yeah. to read a couple more to see if that's that's a thing that continues. That the main protagonist is a twelve year old girl <laughs> with an eleven year old brother. Yeah, like it wasn't his right. first, or if that's just kind of a fluke where he was just trying something. That could be happened to be where he started with. I thought it was interesting that it was written by a man in the by an adult man who's in like his fifties at the time he was writing them but he was writing it from the point of view of a 12 year old girl yeah that's right he was yeah and 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 he did it well he did so it was it, it, it was, was very engaging it was it was pretty close to what i think is inside the mind of a 12 year old girl i think so um and megan is the only one who could tell us for certain uh if he was even close um for so so let's talk let's talk really quickly first of the two books did you have a preference did you like one more than the other I think I probably liked Dead House better. Me too. What was it that made but, you like it better? Um, it was, it was darker. Okay. And the funny thing is, uh, I read an interview with R.L. Stein later, and he said that he felt like Welcome to Dead House, which was his first write, was probably darker than he meant to go. Mm. And it wasn't dark as in. As in, you know, blood and guts and, and death and all that. And well, I mean, there was death, plenty of death, but not like on the page death, but it was still scary. And for somebody who is in the target audience for this, it probably would have been a little scarier than than humorous. The the, the second one, the the um, stay out of the basement was was probably a little funnier. I mean it still had a, it still had a healthy bit of menace, but it was probably funnier. Yeah. In the way it was approached. Yeah, I I kind of I already said that I don't love horror things, but I I like a good old fashioned ghost story. Okay. Um, yeah, and it was it was kind of fun. He's breaking all kinds of the regular ghost rules where 
you know, ghosts, you can't touch them, where in this version, they were all very physical, like they could touch them and they could play with them on the playground and mm -hmm. hang out and stuff. And the kids were out in the daytime. Like, I feel like I need to go back because based on the ending of the book, were they never out in the daytime? They or were, were they out always when it in was, the shadows? When they it were was out cloudy. when it was overcast. Yeah. Okay. When the sun started to come out, they all ran they home. They all that had to go sense. home all but of a it, sudden. But it's fun. Yeah. I, I enjoy like looking for kind of those ghosts story like rules and how is this following them yeah um i loved the ending i did not expect <laughs> right? that i was like what that was so <laughs> cool and creepy um i always yeah. like those are the kind of stories that always freaked me out and, and still do to a certain measure the you know the weird uh unexpected face in the window the yeah you know you turn a corner and there's somebody at the top of the stairs those kind of things always to to this day i like I'm, that in books but not in movies Nope. Uh, I, I'm not kidding. Every time I turn a corner still to this day, I'm like, you know, there might be somebody there. Just be ready for that. Yeah. And then even if there isn't, or even if it's like, yeah. you know, you're in a busy office building where of course there will be somebody there. Yeah. It's always, you're turning a corner. There might be somebody there. Yeah. Just well, be ready. Yeah. And I liked that it was, it was more of a, <laughs> it encompassed more of the town. Whereas in stay out of the basement, it was really just about three characters. Yes. Yeah. And it was just hard for me to like get excited about that. I liked that there were all the different kids in Dead House, and um, it was this whole town. Like you found out at the end, you know, the whole town was alive at one point, and then there was this gas and this accident and at the plastics factory, and we all yeah. died. And then the whole town is dead. Yes, right. One of the and and we're going to come back to we'll we'll come back and we'll give a full treatment to the other one too. I I, I just want to go on record as saying that I also felt like. Um, Dead House, I think was I, and and maybe it's just because I read Dead House. Welcome to Dead House first. Maybe um, that that I that I liked it better, but it was also for me the freakier of the two. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, and I think part of that is because of the um, uh, because of the the uniqueness of the setting. Um, when I think about my basement, my basement didn't have plants growing in it, and so it was very easy for me to say, yeah, okay, but that's not what my experience was like. But every house, every town has a creepy old house. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish it. And, and because of that, uh, and also because all of my experiences with, with uh, creepy old houses uh, in film and in television and in my own personal life have always included um, a, a certain level of uh, is it or is it not haunted? Um, I really, I, I found myself getting very much into Welcome to Dead House. Yeah. Um, it felt like a, and, and Megan, I'm like you, I, I don't go in for the horror genre. Um, it's not a genre that I have. In fact, the only horror movie, uh, or spoof horror movie that I think I have ever seen. I think every time I ever go to see it, I think about going to see a horror movie. I remember, uh, a movie called the house. Okay. Uh, it was, I think it was a, I saw it on TV and it freaked me out for, it has freaked me out my entire life. Um, it included a, uh, a creepy mortician, uh, a hearse driver who dragged a coffin up the stairs in the house and blah. I mean, it was just horrible. I saw it when I was like eight. Um, oh, oh, oh yeah, that'll scar you for life. So it, and it did, it did. Um, every time we go up to houses, I look at the house and I say, does this look at all like the house that was in the house? <laughs> if it does, we yeah. keep driving. I mean, that's just how it is. So, yeah, um, well, and it's, it's one thing to just be haunted by something. But in Welcome to Dead House, they were actively trying to murder these children yes. and their parents. Yes. Like there was a very life or death situation. You know, and and 
and it and it feels like it was just one click away from humor mm-hmm. and that and and the thing for me that would have made it the one click um if i were to have cast this particular book into a short story after school special the way uh-huh. to to add that one click for humor would have been to cast tim curry as mr compton dawes oh and hey, then, i like that and then i, I could have and and maybe that's part of my my defense mechanism is that i kind of I kind of saw that, so I was kind of like, oh, yeah. Wait, he would have made it creepier, or he would have made it funnier? Um, Yes, on okay. both. All right. It, uh, his creepy his creepy is funny. His creepy is always funny. Switch. I Never love mind. I love Mr. Tim Curry. <laughs> By the way, Tim Curry, if you are watching, if you listen to the to the Legendarium or you watch any of our videos, we would love to have you uh, give us a stinger. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. He was just uh, in town last month. Yes, so. he was, and unfortunately, we missed him. Yeah, um, we we'll yeah, try and get him next time. So uh, let's let's talk about a couple of the things, a couple of the high points for Welcome to Dead House, and then we'll jump over to to keep it in the basement. What was and and we'll just go with uh, with uh, let's because we've got two books to review. Let's talk about the thing you liked the best and the thing you didn't like the that you didn't like the best, or the thing that you would have changed if you could. Megan, let's start with you. Ooh, uh, starting with the thing I liked the best, I liked that um, the dog was a big part of the story. That's I know that's a really random thing to. Uh, pull out of there. I'm not really a pet person, but I I, I always think that's interesting because, you know, anybody who has pets will say that, you know, they always know when somebody's at the door or they always sure. know when something's wrong or like I am sick and my pet like definitely feels it and tries to come and mm-hmm. take care of me. Um, they're very, very empathetic and they care a lot. And so when Petey disappears, the children are both really distraught and it turns out that the dog is the first one to go because the pets always know the, the dogs first. always know. Which is a common, which is so sad. Which like is a common the, horror or a, yeah. or monster yes. thing is that the, the the dogs always know if if somebody's yeah, an imposter. Yeah, which I, I just or, thought it was yeah. such a a cool little detail where that is something that would happen in real life, and it's not like these books are all about real life, but that was just kind of something he threw in there that made it a little bit of a stronger story for me. Sure. Um, one thing I didn't like was it's it's a trope in both of the books, but the whole absent parent things, like it, yeah. yeah, the. I mean, in Stay Out of the Basement, the whole idea is that the dad is absent because he is an evil scientist slash plant person. Um, but in, <laughs> in Welcome to Dead House, like, she keeps saying, you know, I'm so concerned, I'm so scared, and her parents just keep putting her off, and that just... As an adult, that upsets me. Um, as a child, I probably would... I mean, it's it's kind of a... It's a trope in a lot of youth novels where the kids' parents are not involved. You know, you have like yes. Disney princesses where yes, it is. the mom is gone and the dad is busy. Yeah. So like she has all this time to get into trouble. And but, evil step parents are, are, yeah. are a trope. And but but one of the big tropes is children know best. And so yeah. why aren't the parents paying yeah, attention? So they have to go and rescue the parents. Well, yeah. Rescuing the like, parents eh. is. Yeah. OK. As a so. as a former kid, though. <laughs> You, you, I will say loosely, Ken. Yeah. I'm not sure if the former. Interesting. Applies. I would like to hear this. There, there was a time, <laughs> you know, maybe longer ago than we want, we care to, you know, discuss. Yeah. There, there was a time as a former kid and as a former latchkey kid that yeah. it wasn't uncommon to feel like the parents are blowing you off when you right. have a serious concern. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that does happen. I'm not pretending like it doesn't. But. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say I like that, but I understood it. And coming from the perspective of a 12-year-old girl, which I know so well. <laughs> if there's anyone that does a lot of 12-year-old girl fiction, it's Ken. <laughs> that's right. I, I, did make, made, I did make him read the Lunar Chronicles. 
She did. He didn't say he liked it, but he did read it. I didn't say I hated him. Oh, I'm so glad. So, I, but anyway, I continue as a 12 year old girl. Yeah. So as a, as a 12 year old girl, if anybody's seen Scrubs, by the way, that was a line from Dr. Cox. I know all about what it's like to be a teenage girl. Okay. But I, uh, yeah, I, I liked that that was in there, you know. The absent had to, parent. Had to mark that. I like that. I like that. But I, I liked I liked <laughs> that it was in there and I liked from that perspective it felt very real that that's what a twelve year old and twelve year olds reading this would go, Oh yeah, mom and dad don't ever listen to me, you know, that sort of thing. So I I get that and I get it in both books. There were sixty two books. I imagine it shows up again. Oh, there there are like hundred and thirty books at this point. There, there are more than sixty two books, I'm sure there I, I wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> shows up again. There's more than four. There's more than four. So I'm sure it's gonna show up again. I don't right. know if Dark Falls shows up in a specific place, but yeah. I yeah. and as like writing as a teenage girl, like he very much could go into the whole emotions and I'm feeling this and this is and which heightens all of the suspense. Sure. Yeah. Which was very effective for me. And as a kid who grew who or as a person who grew up as a kid with the Twilight Zone and with amazing stories. Uh, and and those sort of things, this was exactly like those stories that yeah. I would watch every week about something amazing happening or something scary happening or or the gremlins on the side of the wing and he's gonna rip it a piece. Oh my gosh, that, that is the scariest thing ever. That, and this is felt Do you very see much like that. Really scary, exactly. Because no. <laughs> at the end you're like, oh, and they somehow get away. But man. It was scary at the moment, you know. Yeah. That's Twilight her. Zone movie, scarred what, me for life. So, Ken, you, you told us what you liked about it. What didn't you like about Welcome to Dead House? I, I'm not, I, I don't, this is, and this is me being an old was man, I guess. not enough punching? I don't like that, yeah, basically. Oh, I, okay, I'm sorry. I, I don't like that it was written for a 12-year-old. Oh. Except it was written for a 12-year-old. As a, as a grown-up reading it, that's. If that's the only argument, realizing that it's not written for me, that's a hollow argument. Yeah. So, so I, I don't mind. And there wasn't anything I really particularly didn't like it, that stuck out to me, and I went, "Oh, come on! Like that would happen," or or something like. That. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. I, I'm, I'm finding I'm finding it hard to to pick apart a book that was written for for kids. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I know for me the 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 thing that I identified um, about midway through. Um, I, I, I identified it about midway through the, the first reading there, my, my reading of welcome to dead house. And I said, okay, I recognize that this is, um, I don't want to say episodic, but formulaic, uh, is it's, it, it feels very formulaic. Yes. And I said to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm far enough along now in my, in my reading and in the, the reading that I've done that I recognize the formula as it's being put together. Mm -hmm. I recognize that there is a formula that it looks like these will follow, and I'm willing to bet that they will all follow the same formula. So by the time I got to uh, don't don't go into the basement or whatever it was called, stay out of the basement. Uh, stay out of the basement. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, sure enough, formulaic. It's yeah. it's very formulaic, and and like you can, I may say that that I mean for me that may be something that I didn't like, but um, for 12, 10 to ten to fourteen year old who's reading this. Yeah, and their and their exposure to literature of any of any sort mm -hmm. uh, is is much more um, uh, is much smaller. Um, then I think that I think that their um, their identification of the fact that it's formulaic and their uh, the fact that that puts them off probably wouldn't exist. Well, and yeah. it being formulaic may actually be more comforting for them because they would have uh, an idea likely, of yeah. what's coming. 
um, what's coming, what to expect. Um, R.L. Stein says that he, I did a little bit of research on him, and he said that he generally gets um, the title in place first before he yeah. even writes a story. Yeah. He thinks about the title, he comes up with the ending, and then yep. he writes a um, an outline of the whole book, yeah. and then he can fill in. Like He doesn't ever get um, writer's block because he just... He has these titles in the back of his mind, and he can just kind of crank all of these things out when he gets an idea. And they're 150 pages long, and... Yeah. And they're just, they're fun, they're similar. Well, in the two that we read, they're very similar characters, so it wasn't like he was building whole new worlds. Yeah, right. And and it's not, and it's and, and there's not a lot of kinds of rules that he has to follow mm-hmm. or world building, any of those kinds of things. He just has to, he just has to work within the confines. Yeah, well, and if he's writing for a 12-year-old, he doesn't have to go into all of this... Um, mumbo jumbos explaining you know this is how the gas was formed like no the people were working in a plastics factory and then there was this gas and we all died and like what were they supposed to go into some kind of ritual to kill these people like were they all supposed to be together i don't know was like they needed fresh blood but for yeah, what? why did they need fresh fresh blood yeah why did why could they not be in the sun like why was such a simple thing as even a as flashlight bright light? yeah a bright light you know, so these are things that I could pick apart it, as an adult, but as a child, you don't really worry about that. You're just like, oh my gosh, this is so creepy. The, the and bright, then you put it away and you're like, okay, that's not real life. The bright oh. light. Did anybody, when you were reading that, did you, did any of you think about the Audi commercial uh, from a couple of years back on the, about the vampires that all gather together and somebody drives up in an oh, Audi right. and yeah. they all flashes the halogens at them and they all just. <laughs> <laughs> that's as right. I was reading that, I, as I was reading through this, I was like, oh, that's where they got the idea for this one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it was quite entertaining, quite entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't mention what I liked about oh. the book, so let me let me go back and and say the the piece that I really liked about the book, and that was the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ending, like the very on, ending, the very ending, okay. when she says that the new the new a red station wagon pulls in, two boys get out. They look at it. The house is creepy, and there's Compton, and there's Compton Dawes. Dawes. And then yeah. one of the kids Welking sees her them. and is like, "Wait, what?" And and she says, <laughs> "And they walked. They didn't seem to notice me at first." Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm saying to myself, "You know, this is perfect. This is a wonderful ending because, especially for a kid scary book, it's just scary enough." To say, ooh, maybe. Just question they, everything that happened. Did they really get out? It, did yeah. they? They all they all leave you with a, oh, phew, we escaped, or, or did, did we? They? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was one of those. It was one of those. Well, I I think it was it was expertly crafted. No attempt to answer it. Yeah. Just yeah. leave it hanging. And for me, that is one of the things that always made horror films. Movies that I or horror and horror books, things that I stayed away from, mm-hmm. is the possibility that the story wasn't over yet, mm-hmm. and maybe right. you're next. Which is the which is the common, um, the common hook for all horror stories is that you may not have gotten away. I mean, yeah. every yeah. Halloween movie, every Jason movie, every Nightmare on Elm Street movie, like, oh, are you sure you got away this time? Yeah. Yeah. There's always but it's not time. over. We're going to come back to that as we as we finish out our conversation. But let's let's shift gears now and let's go into stay out of the basement. Um again, uh high point and low point. What did you think? Ken, let's start with you this yeah. time. I liked the uh I what what the what? <laughs> 
Craig, Craig's over. Oh, oh yeah. We I'm haven't. Oh, he he wants to know what the story's I, well, about. See, that's the thing. I was I was thinking of that too because I didn't write recaps for either of these. But basically, um, uh, stay out of the basement is about two kids who again are twelve and eleven, whose brother and sister. Yep, yeah, whose father is a botanist or a, he's a he's a herbologist or some some kind of professor who gets fired, and so he's at home and he's in the basement and he's mucking with the plants and he's just obsessive, and he tells them don't go in the basement. Don't, it's dangerous. Don't go in the basement. I'll explain everything later. So one day they sneak into the basement and they find out that the plants are weird. They breathe, they grab you. They are basically alive and they are like, Oh, okay, this is weird. And it turns out that their dad is turning into a plant and they don't know why. And he's trying to turn them into plants and everything got, is creepy, but he's got leaves growing out of he's his head, got leaves growing out of his head. And it turns he's out eating fertilizer turns out one of the plants has taken over his dad's body and a la invasion of the body yeah. yes and at the end of the book they figure out which one's the real dad and um everything is great except it isn't except maybe they didn't get but rid of maybe it. they didn't just we, like the fake dad yeah yeah we'll 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 certainly get to that especially because the dad says oh i destroyed all of the bad plants and 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 this again falls into that in, into the it, it's so again formulaic um, I guess we could say yeah. this one felt a little after reading the first one, I felt very much like you could have had um, four big wheels uh, on your wall. Like the, you remember the prices, right? They had that big wheel that they would spin. Oh, oh, sure. yeah. It felt like there was this and, and same thing with the Animaniacs. I don't know why I always go back to the wheel of morality, but <laughs> turn, turn, um, turn. Tell us the lesson, <laughs> lesson that, that we, we should, should learn. learn. Yeah, there we go. Continue. <laughs> View into my early teens, my late teens, early early adulthood. I loved Wheel of Morale. Um, it it felt very much like he had a wheel that he could go. <laughs> All right, mad scientist. <laughs> Working with plants. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just yeah. felt like it. Felt, or 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 a, a deck of cards. You know, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, I'll try this one. Um, okay, uh, kids are playing frisbee okay one two three four five um you know yeah i mean again you know is it kids playing the frisbee kids playing with the dog i mean it felt like there's there's this formula and he's going to throw it in it reminded me i've i think i've talked before about the the bloom county cartoon with tom cruise and and it has you know tom cruise stars as a brash young and then there's a blank and it just fills it in who uh (laughs) enrolls in and then there's a blank and they fill it in and uh, and then he wins the wins the comp t- contest and gets the girl. And I mean, it, you could just fill in all of Tom Cruise's movies with that with those two blanks. That's just funny. change those, and and then you've got a Tom Cruise movie. Um, it and it and it feels like that. But again, as both of you have pointed out, kind of feels like that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it, it feels like he takes at least through the first two books, he he does a good job of taking something that could play on an over. Uh, a kid's overactive imagination or an over overly imaginative kids um you know imagination i'm gonna uh, again yeah yeah but in in this case it was plants i mean when you were Mm -hmm. kids did you think how cool venus fly traps were yeah thank you craig how how cool venus fly traps were oh they're they're flesh-eating uh plants you know, and then he just, he takes that and he ratchets it up and says, yep. oh, what if there really was a flesh-eating plant? Or maybe he just was watching um, Little Shop of Horrors, you know. Or, or Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, or I mean, I mean, Borrowed tropes, but again, expertly 
uh, expertly integrated into what he was trying to do. So high points, low points. Uh, for me, I really enjoyed that <laughs> the dad was getting into all this trouble. Like this all happened because he got laid off from his job. Yeah. And I forget exactly the reason why he was laid off, but it's one of those. I mean, I've been unemployed for four months and the things that I get into, like I, I sit and I watch Downton Abbey. Uh, but uh, this man goes into his basement and creates plant people like, right. just, <laughs> uh, you know, the things you get up to when you, uh, you know, you watch Parks and Recreation. I'm going to create and ben plant is animals. unemployed and creates the cones of Devonshire. You know, you just you get Dunshire. bored. And you're like, I need to do something. <laughs> And uh, this oh. ma- and he's just so excited to be trying something. And there's a comment made by his boss, who magically is not dead at the end. And um, the boss is like, oh, yeah, no, we'll totally hire you back on. You definitely need some supervision, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but it'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, those people are all going to be dead in like six weeks. <laughs> but I just I just really I kind of enjoyed thinking in those terms. I'm like, you know, I really should be doing more with my time right now. <laughs> Um, as a low point, like, I think like that coming plants up with, with plant faces animal are hybrid. You yeah. want Yeah, I was going to say, you want to go create plant animals? That... I, I don't want to rule it out. <laughs> I want to create animals that turn into plants. That would, oh, that would be go. my... Oh, there we go. There we go. That's, I'm turning the wheel on its end. On okay. its ear. Okay. Megan found herself a new job. <laughs> Take that, unemployment. Just kidding, don't. I want your money. <laughs> Someone hire Megan. <laughs> Someone hire me. <laughs> we, we we would I'm if really we could. Good at my job. You know, there's, there's We're a little so bit we desperate do. at this point, but yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's I, I liked I liked the humor. I, he he does a lot of. Uh, yeah, there were a lot funnier. of good visual things that would really make a kid go yeah, like like plant dad standing over the sink, you know, eating plant food out of a bag. You know. Well, and the whole like kind of funny. everything growing out of his head that's disturbing. Yeah. Oh. So, and again, absent mother. I got to go to Tucson. To, yeah. Take care of my sister. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it's not uncommon for kids when mom and dad are out of the house to go exploring the areas mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be exploring. Oh, yeah. Like if the basement. If there is absolutely someplace that you want to that you want your kids to go to, tell them not to. Right. And make it a little hard for them to get there. And oh, then let's put a lock on the door. Yeah. And then disappear <laughs> for a couple hours. That is an absolute invitation for them to get in trouble. Yep. Absolutely. And then if you're a smart parent, you rig some kind of a... Uh, some kind of a, of an exploding dummy or something to be there <laughs> that makes them panic and pee their pants or poop their pants or something like that, and then say, "So what happened while I was gone? Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> nothing happened fine. here. We're I'm clearly fine. not that smart. I'm not. <laughs> I've never had kids, but if I do now, I know how to. Oh, how I'm to telling take care you, the best the best things in the world to do is though I shouldn't say that my children will will hear this and they will come over. You and they will say, say your children listen, Dad. We need to have a chat. Well, <laughs> now I feel like you need to tell us. Oh, no. Never mind. So what did you... So, Sorry. Sorry, so listeners. Both of you said... <laughs> I'm not sure that some of those might be considered uh, violations of certain certain regulations in different parts of the world. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I've never done anything like that. That's my that's my official story. I've never done anything like that. Never done uh, anything like that. I love my kids. Okay. Sure. That's, okay. that's, where we're, that's where we're going to stay. Um, Dads are always 100% safe. <laughs> especially this episode um so um did we did did you guys both feel like you both gave everything that you needed to say about uh what you were thinking about for stay out of the basement yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, for for me at least um one of the things that i really hated about stay out of the basement and maybe it's because i read these in such quick succession was that it took me almost a full half of the book to get used to the fact that he had switched to omniscient third person 
from first person narrative. Oh. Oh yeah. And that took me a while. And maybe again, maybe it's because I read the books back to back. I started them so quickly after each other. I don't know. Uh, maybe if I'd have if I'd have read them a little differently in my timing, it might not have been a big deal. Um, but but that that shift um, was glaring for me, and it made it very very difficult to follow the book uh, in the first in the first half of it. I can see that um, one of the few books. I don't know what the ratio is, but this is one of the few Goosebumps books that's written in third person. Most of them are written in first person. Yeah, you know, and and first person is a little bit um, seems to be a little bit more frequent. Uh, as a as the writing style or the writing device for young for youth fiction, right? But especially in like a scarier book, it would be better for building up the tension because you're really getting yeah. the idea of what the person is feeling and what they're experiencing. Yeah, and and this one was more. Um, this one I kind of saw the writing on the wall, but it felt a little bit more like a like a Scooby Doo ending. Uh huh. You know, oh look, it's Mr. Martinez. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was. I, I, <laughs> I kind of he would have yeah, gone away, gone away with two if it hadn't been for you and your crazy <laughs> frisbee. Um, you yeah. know, I mean, it's just it was it was one of those moments where, and again, maybe it's just because I'm looking at this as an, as a grown person, because um, I do the same thing when I go back and I watch the old Scooby Doo shows. Mm -hmm. I loved them as a kid, and they were a little scary as a little kid. Um, yeah, but uh, you you get to be an adult, and they're and they're fun and they're cute, and you can see exactly where this is going. I will say this though. Um, both in one of the things that I really liked was that um, in both of these books, there was not they, it would have been very easy um, to have written these off as, oh, we're going to show you that you're all that you're just imagining things mm -hmm. in both of these books and be able to say, oh, you misunderstood everything. Your imagination ran away with you. And and use it very much as a moral kind of a tale to say to kids, you know, not not everything is as scary as it seems. You got to give things a chance. Blah blah right. blah blah blah. No, he inserts very real danger for these characters. Right. Yeah. The fact that they really could experience death at the tender age of twelve and eleven years old. Yeah. Um. These are really really big concepts and big pieces to deal with for children. Um, I like the fact that he kept that it's and true. that he did and not that, get away from it. And that it. the kids yep. were able to overcome it as far as we know. I do too. It's it's stories like that that when I was a kid specifically and when, when you're a kid in general that is the reason, I, I think the over the overwhelming reason for fiction mm -hmm. is because you haven't experienced anything yeah. yet. You don't have, barring exceptions, you, you don't have anything any any basis in in experience to to make your judgments as to how you're going to feel or how you should react about something like that so so having a, a having it written down is is a great way to learn yeah how you should react to, to things like that for yeah. you know as we as we look throughout our lives and we look at at and maybe the the purpose of fiction the purpose of storytelling it's to help us make better i okay Allow me for a moment to become very esoteric and and have that moment where I actually think highfalutin thoughts. Right? We call those Ooh. times you're awake. Uh, times when I'm awake. Thanks, Ken. Um, <laughs> that I, I remember a, a mentor of mine said for a, a, a long time ago. He said the experiences he, he, we were talking about. You know, well, I need to get experience. You know, so that I can do this. You know, and he said somewhere we got along and said the the best the experience is the best teacher. 
And he looked at me and he said, experience is the only teacher, but vicarious coursework is available. It's called books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and really for children, um, when are they going to start learning about difficult things except that they are exposed to it through stories? Mm -hmm. For for all of history, for for all of civilized history, that's what those that's what stories are supposed to do. Right, like is, even even fairy tales. I I mm -hmm. talk to people who just don't feel like fairy tales are relevant in our day and age, and I wish I could find the quote. I should actually try to find the quote, but I um there's, there's somebody a quote will find it for us and about, post it on Reddit. I'm sure. Please sure. do if you find it. Uh, but it, it says made it something about how the point of fairy episode. tales is not to teach that there are dragons or not to like try to claim that there are dragons in real life. It's to show that dragons can be slain. Yes. Um, it's to show that you may have adversity. You can have huge, huge problems that you look at and you think, I have no idea how I'm going to get through this. But you can. And that's what a fairy tale is about, where, you know, you have this dragon. How in the heck am I going to beat this? You find a way. Nicely said. Thank you. Nicely said. Good job. Um, Thanks. So on the whole... Um, let's, let's talk about this on two levels then let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk about these books from the standpoint of, uh, the average 10 to 14 year old reader. And then let's talk about these as a larger piece of fiction for a 10 to 14 year old reader. Do you recommend these books? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I, I want to give them to my nieces. They, uh, they, yeah, they work on several levels. I mean, they're, they're good level one action. You know, you're going to get a good story out of it and they're good level two and level three enough. Yeah. They're not they're not deep, but they're enough that it experience it, it gives them experience reader level right. appropriate. They're, yeah, they're, they're just scary enough absolutely. that I would like one of my nieces to read it, and scary enough that I don't think the other would enjoy it because she doesn't like scary things. Yeah, well, I'll say in one of the examples, uh, Margaret. They're nine, by the way. <laughs> there you go. They're twins. Ma Margaret in in uh, the second book, right? Huh? She um she goes through that thing. Dad lied to me. Dad's never lied to me. Mm -hmm. Dad, what do we do with it? How do we process it? Do I not trust dad? Wait, why don't, but this feels like something I shouldn't trust. She's got all this inner conflict yeah. and it's all, like you said, reader level appropriate. Yeah. It's, it's very, and uh, for me as well, if, if they, if they're curious about what horror or the genre of scary books is all about, mm -hmm. I feel like this is a, this is a good entry point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's there's enough there's enough scary to it that it feels like it's going to be you know it it feels appropriate but not so much that I felt like it, you know with the exception of the uh, insects and worms crawling through the bed because it was full of stuff. Nope. For the most part, nope. the images that you're <laughs> yeah. going to be faced with are not going to be ones that you're going to that 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 it would seem are going to be driving children crazy. Right. Um, so what about on their own as a I mean do you recommend these as 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 literature, as reading that you think is going to survive? Ooh. Yeah. Um, this book series specifically? or Sure. Like 50 years from now, are kids going to still be reading Goosebumps? Are kids going to still be reading Goosebumps? Are they still going to be relevant the same way that we feel like they are now? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. They, I mean, they've been around for 25 years at this point. They, they've had a revival where the movies, the first movie came out in 2015 and was yeah. like, number one in America for a period of time. And the second one just came out this latest Hollywood, this Hollywood Halloween season. Um, and it's, it's a 25th anniversary, but he's uh, RL Stein is still writing these there. It's goosebumps. I want to say it's called Slappy's world. It's a evil puppet. I need to read that book. Oh I want to find out about that. Maybe that's, it's a recurring character. That's really redundant. Evil, evil puppet. Evil I know. Puppet, yeah. I know. Stop it. Um, oh man, those are. And, I, and the fact that there are still 
there are still copies of them at the library. Yeah. Makes me feel like they and the they may not you they may not last out. for a hundred years, but I could see them lasting another ten, fifteen. Yeah, the fact that the fact that you couldn't get it, you went to get it and it was already I checked went out. to get it and it was checked out. Like the the physical copies were checked out, the audiobooks were checked out. The digital copies, like everything was gone yeah. for these two books. And I will say, even if even if Goosebumps itself specifically won't survive another 25 years or whatever, this genre will survive. This, yeah. this is a the universal... Preteen fiction? Yeah, preteen fiction, pre suspense. Preteen horror. Pre yeah, horror. Suspense, menace, that sort of thing. It, it is. It's, it's universal. It's kind of funny to call this a horror series. Yeah. Um, typically, in a horror series, there are a couple of other things that also make their way to the forefront. Um, one of them is a lot of blood, uh, a lot of, and, and a lot more, um, a lot more scary content, a lot more um, gory content. Um, and again, we've talked about the fact that these are age appropriate. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that and I appreciate the way that that's going. Let me talk about my, the difference in my experience and perhaps why, these would have been a much better entry point to the horror world than the entry point that I had. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me tell you about my entry point into the horror world. Okay. Uh, my entry point into the horror world was Stephen King. Oh, yeah. Ah! That's true. At, that's, yeah. at 12. Okay. Um, my, and, and I did not, um, my, my, first, my first one was The Shining. Um, I, did not, I did not watch the film. I did not read the book. I saw the advertisement for it at a movie theater that I went to with my parents. <laughs> and it was the advertisement that had the long hall with the elevator doors that when they pulled open, the hallway filled with blood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We had a long hallway in my house. And that visual of a long hallway, and it had doors that opened off from the hallway. My room was at the end of the hallway. Oh, no. And so every time I turned around and looked down that hallway after I saw that advertisement for the next three months, I remembered that scene. And that was disturbing. Less than a year later, I saw the original Carrie on television. Oh, dear. Uh, and the More original blood. Carrie's with, with Sissy Spacek and the whole nine yards. And there is a moment... And this is, this is why I think R.L. Stein did a beautiful job with the books as far as holding on to those endings and saying, maybe it's not over. Mm -hmm. If you remember the original Carrie, uh, everybody dies uh, except for one gal who escapes all of the, all of the mess at the, at the high the school, lives to tell the tale. Uh, Sissy Spake has, goes home, the house implodes on itself and, you know, whatever. And then you see this idyllic scene of her, of the girl that survives walking past the house or where the house was supposed to be. Right. It's a burned, charred field. And there's a, uh, a cross that has been nailed in the middle of, or that has been, that has been uh, set in the middle of the, this burned field. And it said, rest in peace. Uh, or it says, Carrie White, I think. And, I don't remember. But then scrawled on it, it, underneath it, it says, burns in hell. Uh. And the girl bends down to put down some flowers and a hand comes up out of the ground and grabs onto her wrist. And then immediately she screams and wakes up and we realize that she's been having this dream. Okay, now I've been watching this downstairs in the basement by myself <laughs> when my parents are not home. Dark ah. and stormy night. I did not move from the couch for almost 35 minutes. Found oh. myself watching the news for 35 <laughs> minutes until I could finally start to move again. Um and here's the difference. 
in the Goosebumps books, we get the feeling maybe the danger isn't over, but it's over for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in all of them, in the first one, we got that. In the second one, we got the feeling maybe the danger isn't over and including them because this right. plant's still saying, I'm your father. I'm your father. <laughs> so weird. That was kind of freaky, so right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But age appropriate. Yes. 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 Age appropriate. And so as a 12-year-old, had I been reading those, I don't know if my feeling toward horror would be different. But because my first experiences were Stephen King and they were fairly traumatic at that, I have avoided horror my entire life. I think if I had been exposed to these books early on and given a chance to read them, Mm -hmm. maybe my experience would be a little different. Um, it might not be a lot different, but it might be just enough different that I might have a little bit better opening for some of the horror slash suspense thriller kind of of genre. Um, I don't know. Yours and mine are much the same, which I think is part of the reason why I always peek around corners before I go around corners. Yep. Because yep. The Shining, he's tooling around on that big wheel and all of a sudden he comes around to those twin girls. It still freaks me out to this day. To this day. Yeah. I, those, those twin girls still freak me out. I look down hallways. I look down long hallways, especially long hallways that have elevators at the end. And that thought pops into my head every yeah. time. I just can't get away from it. Um, so maybe yeah. that's why I'm so scarred. That's Yeah. And then Halloween. I watched Halloween when I was way too young. <laughs> I watched Friday the 13th when I was way too young. And yeah. And I think, you know, my children have... Um, <clears throat> they were age inappropriate. Well, and let's, and maybe that's where we, maybe that's, that's where we leave this. We think that, uh, so I think as we, as we take this away as a, as a culmination from our panel, we would say, yeah, these are worth spending some time with. They were fun. I enjoyed them a whole lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think here's the catch. They were fun. Um, they were, they were not the kind of books that I said to myself, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. They were books where I was kind of going, okay, here we go. I see this one coming. I see this one coming. And I think now, and, and maybe this is the biggest compliment that I could pay um, to R.L. Stein is that, yeah, I saw these coming and I still enjoyed them at the end when they got there. Yes. Uh, there was just enough, just enough twist in the ending, uh, just enough there at the, and, and just enough as we go through the plot to make me feel like I knew where I was going and I was going to be treated fairly as a reader it wasn't going to be one of these things where you're going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and make it all happy and everything. Yeah. Um, and yet it was going to be okay. And I, yeah. and I really quite enjoyed it. I did too. Very, very well. Um, so yeah, let your kids read these books. That's where I'm at. I, I, I'll say this or right heck, now. Read them yourself. Yeah. You know what? Read them to your kids. Read them. And I think that might be the biggest takeaway that we would have for any of our listeners that are reading, that are, that are doing this now. If you have kids that are in the ages of nine to 10, uh, maybe these are really fun books to read, not at bedtime. Maybe these are really fun books to read. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read them at To bedtime. read together. Yeah. During the Halloween season. Um, if, if you're in the United States, we, we very much have a Halloween season, I think, around the world. Um, October tends to be a, a season of, of ghouls and ghosts and things that go bump in the night for most places. Um, and, and if, or if you've got another kind of a time frame for that for in your culture where where you 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 celebrate ghosts and ghouls and those kinds of things. These would be great books to read with your younger children, to your younger children, uh, as a gateway to sharing some really good and really fun literature. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, so, 
I think that I think that kind of does us for any any last thoughts that you guys have about these about these books or this series. No, no, not really. Okay, yeah, they're just fun. Um, I will say thank you uh, if you stayed all the way here to the end. Wow, thank um, you. We really appreciate you. Uh, hopefully we hopefully we've given you some things to think about and some things to comment about. We'd love to have you join the conversation and and continue this conversation as we go. Also, let us know if this is something that you really enjoyed. Maybe this becomes an, an annual tradition at the Legendarium. Maybe we pull a couple of Goosebumps books out and we and we have some fun. Uh, I know that the Blue Team just recently Red did. Team. Uh, excuse me, Red Team. You're Red right. Team, yeah. Uh, Red Team just recently did uh, Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe we, you know, maybe we do a little bit of back and forth. Uh, we t- we tackle a more heady piece of of horror fiction and maybe a little bit lighter piece. Maybe we trade that back and forth. I don't know. But if that's something that you're curious about and that you'd like to see us do again in the future, let us know. Next year we do the Raven or the Telltale Heart. You know what? I would love to do <gasps> some Edgar Allan Poe. I would. I I spent a little. <laughs> It's the beating of that hideous I actually, heart. I actually did that in sixth grade when we read the book, and the girl in front of me was like, "Okay, I'm a little bit too freaked out, and I'm going to leave this room and throw up if he doesn't, if you don't make him stop doing that." <laughs> and of course, that made me go. <laughs> it was just a delightful. I was such an evil child. Um, it's because I watched The Shining when I was a little too young. Oh, right. Um, but anyway, hopefully hopefully this has been delightful and enjoyable for you. Um, I would love to tell you what we're reading next, but you know what? We we have, we have, uh, we have uh, Full Moon coming up. We have Full Moon coming up yes. um, that we have already read and recorded. So we'll be dropping that a little bit uh, here in the future. I think, it's, I think that's probably coming out in about when. two weeks. Yeah. I think Red um, Team has Farseer coming up, right? Uh, no, we have Farseer. No, oh, no, no we no, have. No, no, no. We yeah. have Skyward. Yeah, Skyward, and, Skyward Dune. and Dune. We have coming up. Uh, Red Team has. Farseer. Oh, we get Skyward. It took me a minute to realize what that we was. Get, we <laughs> get Skyward, and so we'll. What is Skyward, Megan? What the new Brandon Sanderson book coming yes. out? Yeah. Brandon Sanderson, a girl and her. Uh, a girl and her dragon. A girl and her time machine. Something like that. It's, something it's how like to. That. What did he call it? It's how to train your dragon in space or something i don't remember what how he called it but i think i told you that and i cannot remember we're gonna annoying. we're certainly gonna have a good time reading that um we do have a couple of other things that are on this that are uh that are on the docket we do have dune that we're going to be looking at mm-hmm. uh between oh pretty quickly here in the next probably before we get to episode 210 we'll start reading we'll, we'll probably be digging into dune um there's also been some conversation about a surprise book maybe we'll get something for christmas um we'll we'll see how that goes in the meantime if it doesn't happen don't yell at us and that's why i'm not saying anything really loud okay we'll uh we'll play with that we'll see what happens in the meantime keep (laughs) reading have a wonderful time and we'll see you in the library forever on blue team babe